What's up, guys? It's Combat and Kick It, your boy Bando, back to talk about UFC Vegas 27. Uh, this is my post-fight analysis. Um, let's get straight to it. We had a really good card, a couple decent prelim fights, some some decent main card fights. A lot of the main card went to decision. Um, main card opened up with Jack Hermanson versus Edmund Shabazian. Uh, Jack Hermanson gets the win via unanimous decision 29-27 29-27 29-27 all the way through fight starts i mean it, it, it definitely started off in edmund's favor he was keeping the fight standing up uh he was defending any takedown that jack was throwing at him his jab was looking beautiful striking was looking very clean and patient um and, and it seemed like it was it was stalling her man so her couldn't find a way in he was failing on the takedowns and uh Mainly, my my thought of key to victory for Shabazian would have been stuffing takedowns early, and uh, he couldn't get them all the way throughout the fight. Through two, through the second and the third, Hermanson started finding his range and was able to gain control on the ground. And like he came out in the third with urgency, and he got Shabazian down for some some fantastic grounding pound. But he came out in that third round with urgency, and that's such a huge thing. Um, when you know for a fact fights going to decision or it's close, you you gotta you gotta be urgent. You gotta go for all that you can go for. So I think that really pushed him over the edge to get the win and get him 29-27 with all three judges. Uh, it was a fantastic fight uh, for Hermanson. What's next? Who knows for Shabazian as well as who knows? I seen a couple people say um, Derek Brunson and Jack Hermanson, which that would be pretty good, and then. Um, Kevin Holland and Edmund Shabazian. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see what's up for the middleweight division. But that was a fantastic, fantastic fight by Jack Hermanson to come back from getting whipped up in the first round. So the next fight after that, we had Ramos versus Algio. Uh, Ramos got the win via unanimous decision, 30-27, 30-27, 29-28. Uh, it was actually a lot different than my prediction. I thought Ricardo uh, Ramos or Ramos, I don't know exactly how you say it, fought his fight and controlled the pace. He landed more strikes and also more significant strikes. Um, after like the grappling and ground exchanges that Ramos won, he attempted one submission. Uh, Algio was never out of the fight though. Like he, he was, he was still there. I mean, he's fighting back the whole time. I just think, uh, I just think Ramos, uh, pace and everything like that. That's what took over the fight. He kept getting him to the ground, was working him on the ground. Uh, it's kind of like a puzzle that Algio couldn't figure out. Um, Ramos fought a fantastic fight and ended up with the decision win. So it was, it was a fantastic fight. It was kind of close, but not super close. You know, I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I personally, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bill Algio. And then the fact that you had uh, Ricardo Ramos coming off a TKO loss. And then you had Algio coming off of a, um, I think it was a unanimous decision win. You know, it, it made for a pretty good fight. So after that, we got Norma Dumont and Felicia Spencer. Um, this fight didn't go at all really how I predicted it. I, I had Felicia Spencer winning it because... Uh, Norma Dumont, she's not a normal 145er. She's not a natural 145er. She's a natural 135er. That's where she's typically fighting. And, and she's been been thrown into a lot of 145 contests. Um, I mean, she had to fight Ashley Evans-Smith at 145. She just fought um, Felicia Spencer at 145. She fought Megan Anderson and lost at 145. So, you know, definitely I would have thought that she would have lost. But she showed up the fight. 
she showed that she could work with top one, 145 fighters. Um, and I don't know if there's like a 145 division for women to keep going. So that, that makes me wonder what's next for Felicia Spencer. But it was a closely fought match. I mean, it really was. That's why I ended up in a split decision. Um, I think just Dumont had more control and landed more heavy shots. Felicia Spencer looked like she wanted to get the fight to the ground a lot. Um, she's wore many, like you, you, if you watch all of Felicia Spencer's fights, even if uh, her game plan isn't working, she's she's she'll stand there and take the beating. You know what I'm saying? She'll always be fighting back. So I give that girl a lot of props. Um, she does have good groundwork, but I think she needs to work a little bit more on her setups to get the fight to the ground. Um, I think she kind of just tries to get to fight to the ground using her strength and sometimes it's just not enough you got to have a good setup a good enough setup to take her down and uh just didn't seem like she had it but it, it was a decently close fight both landed some decent shots i don't feel like felicia really hit her with anything too crazy a couple good clean shots but i think norma ended up landing more of the uh more of the heavy strikes and i honestly think that's that's what did it for her that's what got her to split decision victory and then you had um, Jared Vandera versus Justin Taffa, which another fight <clears throat> that didn't go my prediction. I had Justin Taffa winning a fight. Um, I use the pressure and stuff like that. Um, staying in his face, heavy shots. And it, it was a battle. Honestly, to, in my opinion, it was fight of the night. It may, it, I think it might've got that. I'm not sure. Excuse me. <coughs> I think it might have got that. Um, it was a really, really good fight for a heavyweight matchup. I love, I love phenomenal heavyweight matchups where it's not just something that's gonna be um, an immediate knockout. Even though everybody loves an immediate knockout, I love those big knockouts to see them too. But it's, a, I feel like a lot of the uh, heavyweight fights is either big early knockout or boring three to five round fight. Um, so it was nice to see him. These these boys went at it. Um, Vandera was on a mission, <laughs> and, and 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 look, he's got a chin. That's all I can say. That cat's got a chin because uh, Justin Taffa hit him with some heavy shots, and he just kept coming forward. He caught him open pretty, pretty, pretty deep. That was a big ass gash on his head. It looked like he got freaking cut open like with a knife or something, or like cracked in the head <laughs> with a bat or some shit like that because he was bleeding everywhere it looked like the canvas was just splattered like paint splattered blood everywhere it was crazy and he was dripping his whole body his chest his stomach everything if you didn't watch ufc vegas 27 i would specifically go back and look up that fight and that was the bloodiest fight of the night and it was a fantastic fight um you know it, it seems like vandera had justin Toffa hurt a few times but you know, even with Tafa's back up against the cage, he was he was swinging. He had no no fear. You know, even when he was getting tagged, it seemed like Vandera's shots were doing more damage. Justin's were kind of just like Justin's opened Vandera up, but they weren't hurting him. You know what I'm saying? That that, that dude's got a chin. He was getting cracked with some heavy shots and just kept coming forward. Um, and it, it it's just one of those things that. You know, heavyweights, anything can happen in a heavyweight fight. And sometimes if you're one of those heavyweights that's got a chin and the other guy hits you and you're like, man, this dude ain't got it. It, it makes for a very, very interesting fight. Um, you're used to seeing one of them go out when they get tagged, like the next couple punches after be one of them going out or something. No, nah, man, they, they put it on each other. It was a fantastic fight. Um, 
I like this Jared Vandera guy. I don't know if this was his first UFC fight or what, but he looked fantastic. And uh, I'd like to see more of him. I'm definitely curious on what he can do. He looks sharp. Looks like he's got a chin. You know, let's see who, who they give him next, who they throw to him, and uh, see if he comes with that same that same pressure and see if that, that style that he brought is, is a consistent style of his. So on to the... On to the bloody co-main event as well. Uh, this one, another fight. I think this whole card just didn't match up my predictions at all. I'm just going to say that. But um, Carla Esparza versus Jan. You guys know. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Janin. I think um, that was the TKO stoppage due to a nasty crucifix. Nasty, nasty, nasty crucifix. Um, I mean, the fight caught me off guard, really. It really did, because Jan was coming into the fight on a five-fight win streak, and she actually, um, it's actually a longer win streak, but I think it's just five in the UFC, um, so I had her as the favorite in a fight, and in my pre-fight analysis, if you remember that, I, I, I said Carla Sparza's key to victory was to chain wrestle, heavy pressure, and go for an early sub. She took her down in the first and worked her on the ground, even went for the early sub. She didn't get it, because the round ended. Carla made a, a fantastic big statement. Um, second round starts, she gets Jan down to the ground again, um, and she wasted no time, went straight to the crucifix, landed some big shots, she opened Jan up on the ground too, a lot of blood for that one too, if you look, um, look that fight up, just look up the post-fight, uh, little post-fight, uh, press type thing, she, uh, or the post-fight, technically octagon interview, but it's not an octagon right now, um, look at her shirt, man. It's bloodied up. She was landing some mean elbows, mean shots. Um, to me, I'm not trying to take anything away from Carla Esparza because that's one of the best performances I've ever seen from Carla Esparza. But at the same time, it seemed like Jan had no game plan whatsoever. Um, it seems like she almost didn't train for the wrestling. Uh, she didn't have no defense. It's almost like she was just letting it happen. Um, which isn't the case. She wasn't just letting it happen. I just don't think she had an answer for the wrestling, but it, it, it almost looked like she was just like, all right, I'm about to get taken down. Let me get taken down. We'll figure it out from the ground. And to me, she did not look prepared on the ground. She didn't, um, she didn't do much. Carlos Sparza was beating her up, man. I mean, like I said, don't want to take nothing away from Carlos Sparza. That's the best she's looked in my opinion in any fight. And it's very interesting because if you go all the way back to the tough finale, uh, with her and Rose, Carla Esparza actually beat Rose. Um, so it's so it's interesting with Carla Esparza winning fights that one I never thought she would win, and uh, two she she made her she's making statements to get herself back up to the top of the division. So I mean, why not why not make that fight if you're not gonna make Weili Zhang or Zhang Weili, um, if you're not gonna make her and Rose in a second in a rematch then. The hell with it. Throw Carla Esparza in there. There's no other girls that are that are up making any noise. That fight this past weekend, that made some noise. So um, I would definitely go ahead. Why not? Give her the title shot. See what happens. She she has a win over the over the champion. Obviously, not the same rose as the tough, tough finale. This rose is different, different, different. That's Thug Rose now. You know what I'm saying? Like, she's bad. She, she her striking is phenomenal. She has phenomenal ground game. Um, you can tell she definitely started to work her ground game much, much, much more after the Carlos Sparza loss. So I, I, I don't think it'd be like an easy fight for either of them. Um, but if I had my prediction, I still end up 
going with Rose for the win. But if if that's not going to happen, maybe um, well, actually, when I was when I was doing my analysis, I use do it in my notebook and do it in my notes on my phone and stuff like that. I was talking about her Carla Esparza instead of going straight for the belt, she could fight Marina Rodriguez, but. Just recently announced, it looks like Mackenzie Dern and Marina Rodriguez are going to be fighting. So that's an interesting fight. Um, Marina Rodriguez, man, she's a bad girl. She knows what she's doing. She can stand up. She can strike. Um, she's very, very, very tenacious. She's intense. Um, hard to put out. Hard to keep out. And um, I'd like to see her against like Joanna or somebody like that. But who knows what Joanna's doing right now? It seems like Joanna's just chilling. I'm a huge Joanna fan, one of my favorite female fighters ever, but it seems like she's kicking back chilling, you know, she proved, proved what she can do for such a long time, so I think just letting her chill is cool, I would really love to see Tatiana Suarez back in there, um, but I heard she wants to go to 125, so that makes things so much more interesting, because now that makes an actual competitor up there for Valentina, so definitely, interested in that but overall fantastic win for Carla Esparza um she definitely deserves to be fighting one two three you know I I think that's fair um but yeah fantastic win and then on to the main event it was a five round fight went all five rounds I did not expect that Rob Font grabbing a win uh by unanimous decision you got 48 47 50 45 and 50 45 it was a good main event um the match was honestly it was it was all Rob Font fighting just a fantastic fight, um, and Cody just not not getting his feet wet, kind of battling himself in there. Um, Rob's jab was killer. It was absolutely beautiful. It was quick. It was stiff. Uh, which one of the best moves he could have made against Cody as a fighter, because because Cody is a much much quicker and he might be more powerful. I think truthfully, if Rob lands that big shot, Rob has more more power, but I mean, Cody's been sleeping guys since day one. So, um, he's quicker and comes in with that heavy overhand. So I, I predicted that font would have, he would have wanted to try to bait Cody in and he really didn't do that. He, he fought a fight at his distance with his reach and he fought it fantastic. I mean, Cody couldn't really get past the jab much. Um, not to say Cody looked bad, but Cody couldn't find any shots when you're, getting, when you're getting stuck with a jab in your face. There was a couple times that Cody stuck the stiff jab out there, and it was nice, but just wasn't wasn't doing enough, and he he didn't he wasn't throwing it with consistency. So it, overall, Rob stayed patient, stuck behind the jab, didn't rush anything, landed a few heavy shots on Cody, but Cody proved completely everybody wrong on the whole chinless stuff. Uh, He's one of the best in the division, but Rob was just a better man on, on that night. But he's not chinless. I mean, he got hit with some heavy shots from one of the heaviest hitters in the division. And he stayed in there. Um, to me, it looked like he got hit with a shot in the first round. that kind of grazed maybe over the ear. Maybe back of the head that, that, that bothered him. And um, he stayed composed. But it bothered him, I think, at that point was when... He kind of turned himself around in the fight saying, I mean, this is just my prediction. This is how I feel. This is how I see it. I, I feel like he's, he got hit and he said, fuck, I don't want to get knocked out again. 
I don't want to get embarrassed again. And guys have been getting cut left and right in the UFC. Tyron Woodley, Jacare, Ray, uh, Junior Dos Santos, Alistair Overeem. All these guys are getting cut. Cody's probably sitting there like, man, I, I, I got to go out with heart. You know what I'm saying? I'm fighting this fight until I can't. This guy has to put me to sleep because I'm not, I'm not just letting him. I'm not going to get hit and up, end up getting tr- like into these trades while I'm stunned and stuff like that. So I, I give a lot of props off to Cody. I hope to see him back in there again soon. Um, people are saying Sean O'Malley, but to me, it, it, Sean O'Malley, like any fight that he takes, it, it makes no sense. People are talking about he's supposed to be top uh, top competitor and he can stand and bang with the best in the division, this and that, this and that, which I don't disagree with, but why is he fighting people like Luis Smoker? Exactly. Exactly. Why is he fighting Luis Smoker? No offense to Luis Smoker, but if Sugar Sean O'Malley is supposed to be the big top guy and people want to see him fight people like Cody and, and Corey and TJ, why is he fighting Luis Smoker? But... Past that, not even talking about that. Talking about Rob Font and, and Cody, but I, I'd like to see Cody come back. Um, there's fights out there for him. Uh, you know, you can keep an eye out on that on that Jose Aldo Pedro Munoz fight. Maybe grab the loser of that or something like that. Um, that's gonna be a good fight. But the bantamweight division, man, it's to me, and I said it before, that it's the most stacked division uh, besides 155 and 170. Um, actually, really not even 170 that much. Probably just 155 and 135. Probably two two most stacked divisions in the game. And uh, you know, there's a lot of top competitors, a lot of top guys in these divisions that you never know can end up being the guy that rises to to the occasion. I mean, Rob Font really showed up. Who knows if Rob gets the uh, winner or loser of Corey versus TJ? It makes for a fantastic fight. Um, Rob's making his way up, so don't don't count Rob Fine out. He's making statements and he's doing it well, knocking out Marlon Moraes and then uh, beating the former champ in a five round fight. Never gone five rounds before in his first main event. I mean, can't really say nothing bad about that. It was a fantastic fought by him. Um, like I said, you know, Cody didn't look like he wanted to engage much after he got hit. Like I said, he was snapping a few jabs, landed, but wasn't throwing them with consistency. Rob overall was doing enough and throwing so many jabs and so many different different looks at Cody. And then Cody's takedowns started getting stuffed later in the fight. And that was really key for Rob because it kind of it was almost like a Nganu versus Stipe thing. After Stipe realized he couldn't get Nganu down, it was shit. My game plan, my backup plan is no bueno, you know? So Rob started stuffing him, and I think that that took a lot away from Cody. But, you know, I'm never counting Cody Garbrandt out. I want to see him in another fight soon. Um, he's deserving. He was a champion. He, he keeps his mouth shut, man. He's not a he's not an ignorant person. He just does his stuff, and, and he loves fighting. So he goes out there and does does stuff like that for us and, and, and fight for our entertainment. Sabre and Rob Font, I think both those guys deserve a lot in that division. Uh, I hope Cody gets a, gets a fight that can get him his confidence back under him, and hopefully Rob Font can get a top, top competitor after Cody again and get maybe like a TJ... The winner of TJ Corey, maybe, um, maybe even taking a Peter Yan or Aljamain Sterling fight. 
everything's pretty interesting in that division, man. It's a, it's a banging division. So I'm curious to see what happens. Um, and honestly, I'm curious to think after after the whole entire event, what do you think? What are your uh, what are your opinions? What is your analysis? How do you feel about the um, the whole the whole entire card? How do you feel about the prelims? I know I didn't talk much about the prelims in the pre-fight or in the post-fight, um, mainly because I had work, couldn't really get to watch many of them. Um, but yeah. Honestly, just give me your, your your opinions, your views on everything. Let me know what's next for each one of these competitors. What's next for Hermanson? What's next for Ramos, Dumont, Vendera? Uh, what's next for Esparza? What's next for Rob Font? What's next for Cody? You know what I'm saying? Give me your best opinions and give me those at, on Instagram at Combat and Kick It. You can hit me up in the DMs. You can comment on a picture, anything. And then if you have any interest in doing a collab work, you know, like I said, I say this in every single podcast I put out. This is just the beginning. It's a slow start, but we're getting there. We're putting stuff out, trying to stay active, trying to stay on the right topics and everything like that. So hopefully everybody's enjoying the stuff that I'm making. I'm going to keep putting it out. Um, and, and, and until next time, see you guys later. I'll actually see you next for this weekend. UFC at the Apex, UFC Vegas 28, uh, Rosenstreak versus Sakai. It's going to be a good, another good heavyweight matchup. So I'll catch you there for the uh, pre-fight analysis. Look at me stuttering. I sound like an idiot. I'll catch you guys later. Peace.